me tender, love me true, love this passage, chatting with you. That's right, it's Valentine's Day. Did you get shot by Cupid? If not, it's all good. We got it right here, baby. Bass Edge Radio. Well, I don't know about being shot by a Cupid, but certainly you have been shot by something. Hey, Bass Edge Radio, as always, is brought to you by our partners at MegaWare KeelGuard. Be sure to visit them at KeelGuard.com. Aaron, I'm excited. We've got another great show. Let's get this thing started. Bass Edge Radio. know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing. Coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. You know, Kurt, all kidding aside, that song that you chose for today, since it is post-Valentine's Day, I'll have to play that for Diana. You just scored big brownie points as that was uh, the song of the first dance that we played at our wedding. Nice, dude. That's awesome. Just don't play her my version. That's not going to get you anywhere. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, man. You know, Valentine's Day for bass anglers, I think Valentine's Day is really freaking important. So anybody that's listening right now, if you didn't get it done yesterday, get it done today because this is a lock and key deal right here for uh, future fishing goals, I think. That's exactly right. I'm getting ready to leave on a ski trip to go to Colorado to go skiing and uh, you can be dang sure I'm using that for both the men's ski trip and then also all these fishing trips that we go on. That's exactly right. So uh, you got to score points when points are ready to be scored and that's what Valentine's Day is all about and showing our loved ones, you know, just exactly what they mean to us. So a lot of fun, cool holiday, but man, let's talk about something else we all love and that's some bass fishing right there right and you went to uh okeechobee right nice in the warm sun maybe clear water a little shallow fishing yeah okeechobee's in the books chalked up my first flw tour event so uh very cool there a lot of fun totally different than the elite series as far as how some of those things are run and um i enjoy it you know there's a day off in between the uh practice and the actual event and uh, really having that time you know it goes back to some of what we we're talking earlier i get to spend some more time with my wife and uh, just kind of relax a little bit. Whereas the elite series, I mean, it's just full throttle from when Monday practice begins until the tournament's through in the FLW have that little break in the middle. So it was really nice and very pleasant. And uh, man, I went to uh, Hartwell and uh, started to check out Hartwell. That's going to be the FLW second event, which is going to be actually not until mid-March, but was able to get over to Hartwell.
well and check that place out. So there's just been a lot of stuff running around and man, I'm excited. The year has definitely kicked off. What I really love about mid-February is that down here in South Texas and several places down the South, just like it was at Okeechobee, is that pre-spawn time frame is really kicking into gear because these fish, they're feeling those days getting longer. The water temps are starting to warm up a little bit and you can just sense a change. And those fish, man, when you catch them, they are the biggest of the year. Just fat sows, baby. I love that stuff. Yeah. Only thing better in my opinion is catching them on top water. But uh, hey, a little bit different time of year, but that's coming too. You know, one thing that you said earlier was that break, you know, of how the FLW Tour gives you that break. And certainly there's a lot of advantages to that, Kurt, because we allow our bodies to rest both physically and our minds mentally, which really is most of us that are, are carrying a job or working, man, we're rushing right out of the office or out off the construction site to grab our boat to run and get ready for a tournament the next day. So a lot of times the working guy or the uh, grassroots angler, we don't have that option. So it's nice that they build that in for you guys. Yeah, it is really neat, Aaron. And it's just a totally different feeling. You know, it's definitely a totally different feeling that you get when you have that kind of rejuvenation period and mental refreshment, I guess you might say. You talk a little bit about grassroots anglers, man. I'm really excited about who we're going to have today in our angler spotlight. We have a BASS Federation angler that is going to be fishing the 2016 BASS Elite Series as a rookie. Also getting ready for his first Bassmaster Classic, Fabian Rodriguez is going to be with us today. And Aaron, let's get right to it, man. Let's get Fabian on the line. Let's talk to him about Bass Federation, the little grassroots angling, and what he's got prepared for the 2016 season. Two fishermen came together with one agenda to construct bass boats superior in design and build with a flawless finish with our boats exhilarating handling and smooth ride extreme rough water just doesn't exist we're not just building a boat we're building a legend legend boats Every year here on Bass Edge, we like to introduce the listeners to a newcomer in the pro ranks. Today, we visit with a past grassroots angler, but now 2016 BASS Elite Series rookie Fabian Rodriguez. Welcome to the show, Fabian. Good morning, Kurt. Thank you. Glad to be part of it. Well, Fabian, this is Aaron. Hey, we are thrilled to have you on the show because you're probably in for several firsts over the next few months, and quite honestly, glad we could get you on here on the show for the first time as well, and after all that has transpired in your fishing endeavors over the past months and really I'm sure years that we're going to learn more about. What is it that you're looking most forward to in 2016? Honestly, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it all, Aaron. You know, especially meeting everyone on tour, meeting all the people that make it happen, interacting with the crowd. And that's one of the things that I like to do. Uh, most of all, representing Bass Nation, you know, my hometown of Ocean City and all my sponsors. And catching fish, right? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Couldn't do it without it. Well, you're going to have a lot of opportunities there. You know, 
obviously the Elite Series bumped it up to uh, nine events this year, so there's going to be uh, tons of opportunity. They're traditionally getting started a little bit later than they have the last several years. Real quickly, let's give the listeners a rundown on your recent successes that put you in the position that you have arrived today, which, by the way, includes qualifying for the 2016 Classic, and of course, you know, you're getting ready to fish your rookie year on the Elite Series. Man, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yes, it is. It's way awesome. It's overwhelming. I can't tell you, you know, all the feelings I've gone through, but uh, I can tell you that, you know, being a grassroots angler has paid off. You know, being in the Federated Club for all these years, I've been at it for about 20 years, and recently I've belonged to in the past five years or so with Free Pond Bass Club and participating in all the state qualifiers, going to, you know, all kinds of meetings and stuff and being involved definitely helps. You learn along the way everything. But um, this journey started last year in a qualifier when I made the state team to go to the Mid-Atlantic Divisional, and they sure they competed in the Monongahela River in West Virginia. And it's a pretty tough place to fish, and I did well enough to finish in top of the state. You know, the top 12 guys from each state in that Mid-Atlantic Divisional that includes Maryland, Delaware, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, D.C., and even Zimbabwe is part of that federation. Oh, wow. That division, sorry. <laughs> That's pretty yeah, cool. They, they, they crossed the big lake to get here. <laughs> right, right. That's awesome. You know, it's really interesting yeah. as you begin kind of telling us a little bit about that part of the story is really when you're talking about the grassroots angling, there's so much talk about fishing the tours and whether it's the FLW Tour or Elite Series or, or whatever, even at the Rayovac or Open level, the cost is significant. Now, you know, when you're fishing in the grassroots, it's a great way for most people to get started, isn't it? Because quite frankly, you just don't have to put the same dollars out when you're getting started to learn. And as you talked about, you know, you've been fishing grassroots and, you know, if somebody looks at your resume, you fish some bigger events as well. But for the most part, you've been really dialed into your local regional area and that's kind of propelled you into this really national spotlight. Yeah. And part of the reason the way I fish that way is, you know, having a family, trying to balance work. You can't really dedicate yourself to, you know, fishing two or 300 days a year. So that's kind of what I found in my niche was going with the grassroots and then fitting in whatever tournaments I could, you know, as a co-angler first, just to see how I compared and then um, kind of get a you know feeling for it and then taking on some of the bigger tournaments. Well, your journey is certainly one that resonates very well with me and also probably the majority of Bass Edge Nation out there with the exception. The only difference with me is I haven't had the results. And, you know, that is certainly a long ride and really shows the routes that are available through Bass Nation that anglers can climb through. Now, I understand once you receive the bid to fish the elites, you had a pretty short time frame, you know, in which you had to kind of respond and say, yes or no, I'm going to accept the invitation. But how did you handle making that decision? And what were the major factors that helped you ultimately narrow down to say, you know what, it's the right time. This is what I want to do moving forward in 2016. It was a lot to take in. I was on my way to practice for the Classic in Oklahoma when I got the call from John Stewart. And I can tell you that I went through a whole spectrum of feelings, emotions, the excitement, the nerves. Uh, I think at one point I even pulled over. I thought I was going to throw up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the main thing was I've always been strong with my family values. So the first thing I did is I talked to my kids because I'm pretty uh, interactive with them. And being away for that long a period of time, I felt the need to explain to them you know, what the opportunity was. The financial undertaking that it would take was huge. 
but that goes along with the opportunity as well. So I talked to them. I talked to my brothers or my business partners, and they said that they would take care of the business. I got my support from my girlfriend and my fishing partner as well because we've been fishing for some years now, and I would be missing you know, the local stuff with them. So I got the support from everyone. I included everybody in my decision. Obviously, it's my decision, so you know, need to make sure that there's a balance to keep. You know, I got the support from everyone, and overwhelming support, I can tell you that. That's great to hear, and, and I think most of the time that resonates with everybody that kind of makes that step is uh, we all have kind of a good supporting crew and people around us that say, you know what? You need to go for it. You need to essentially jump off the bridge, man, and see what happens. You know, let the ride start because I think it's such a change in commitment that uh, it's not something that's necessarily ever going to be a slow progression, whether you're coming from the grassroots or AAA events. And when you decide to make the leap to tour level events, it's such a huge gap financially, time commitment. I mean, basically, it's the difference between taking a hobby and making it a full-time career. That's pretty much how, how my partner put it. My partner pretty much said, you know, if the financial part's wearing you don't, this is an opportunity. The opportunities are only good if you take advantage of them. Well, Fabian, I mean, you are a business person, and Kurt, I'd like you to chime in on this as well, but, you know, a lot of times in life, we just settle, right? We get into our career or our trade that's earning us money versus, you know, earning a living. A risk. Versus, yeah, versus making a life, and a lot of times when things are fueled by passion, that adds a whole different catalyst. It's kind of like throwing gasoline on a fire. Great things happen, I think, when you do that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, you know, that's where all the nerves kick in. That's where all the second guessing sometimes, you know, and um, day and a half, you say, wow, that's not a lot of time to think about it. I can tell you that every minute was like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, a, it was a short amount of time to have to come to the conclusion, but I can tell you for that day and a half, I may have slept two hours. Just everything, you know, going through my mind, everything, you're just like, okay, you know, this is a risk. Do I have the backing? It's kind of like in the tournament, you know, where you think even though you got something working for you, you have a gut feeling or you have an idea to do something, and, and those changes, you know, get you where you're at. Kind of like me going through the Wachita River through 10,000 stumps to get to one little spot, you know, and, and in practice, both times, if I practiced a month before and caught seven pounds out of that spot or 10 pounds. And then two days before the tournament gets legal practice, I went in there and I caught seven pounds. I was like, well, you know, we'll start there. And to come out of there was almost 15 pounds. I was like, what just happened? <laughs> right, right. And and basically, just so the listeners know, you know, what Fabian's referring to there is after he qualified through the Monongahela River event, uh, through the uh, divisionals, the Nationals was at Washtenaw River, and uh, he finished top in the Mid-Atlantic Division, right? And basically, that's what enabled you to get, you know, an Elite Series invite and, more importantly, qualify for the uh, Bass Masters Classic. You said you were driving to Grand Lake. How did that go? Did you feel the nerves, you know, now that, okay, you've essentially you were driving to probably the biggest event you've ever fished in your life, the 2016 Bassmaster Classic. While you're driving there, you get the call, hey, you have an Elite Series invitation, and ultimately within an 18 or 24-hour period, you decide, hey, we're going to take the shot at it. So you're driving around on Grand Lake. You're getting ready for the Classic. You're an Elite Series rookie for 2016. What's your thought process while you're out there practicing? Well, I wasn't quite there when I got the call, and when I got there, uh, obviously my first call was to get on the water, but that changed as soon as I got that call. Right. I started making all kinds of calls, you know, trying to pick up sponsors, trying to line things up, trying to make sure that everything's going to be okay. You know, so it took me about a day and a half once I got to Grand Lake to get everything in order so that I could go out on the water and actually just think about the Classic. I had to be able to get my mind straight to kind of separate what's going to happen after the Classic. So that took me a little bit to organize my thoughts. And really at Grand, I spent five days 
days. Uh, should have been maybe seven days out there, but you know, I'd spend five days of just riding around. I might have fished maybe two and a half, three hours. Right. The rest of the time, I just kind of scoped everything out, trying to learn the lay of the land. Quickly before we head to break, Fabian, on speaking about your current career pre the invitation to go to the elites and then also you bring up sponsors how are those two playing into the role will you maintain a job outside of just fishing talk to us a little bit about how you're going to juggle that and then also we all know that sponsors play a tremendous role in all of us being able to do what we do yeah they play a big role i mean they've played a big role in me making it this far i mean if it wasn't for big mouth lures who sent me some spinner baits that i needed i wouldn't have been able to get to the classic something that I wasn't counting on. I'm not a big spinnerbait fisherman, but that's kind of what I figured out, and then they got them to me, and, and I was able to compete. That's for my work. My brother's Dr. Um, Marcelo, and uh, he's one of my right-hand guy on the job as well. They're stepping up to the plate, taking care of things. Uh, obviously, I'm going to be in touch with them. Like I did for the pre-fishing for the Classic, I, I want to set things up. I mean, in a perfect world, you want to set it up so you don't have to think about it. But you know, having responsibilities and having everything, you're going to have it in the back of my mind. I'm going to check in with them from time to time. And, you know, anything I can offer, obviously, I will. You know, we've helped each other out in the past. My brother took a leave of absence for a year one time, and I took care of things. And it's worked out. And we've been in the family business for about 22, 24 years. So it'll work out. Awesome, man. That sounds great. It's going to take some time to transition into this. And uh, it sounds like you're off to a great start. And uh, we are going to transition into some new topics. But first, we're going to take a short break. Fabian, Aaron, and I will be back in a moment with more Bass Edge Radio. If it's hard to stop or you hear squealing and grinding noises during braking, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. You'll find the brake parts you need from trusted brands like BrakeBest, BrakeBest Select, and Wagner ThermoQuiet at everyday low prices. Play it safe with brake parts from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Bass Edge Radio presented by MegaWare Keelguard returns with 2016 BASS Elite Series rookie Fabian Rodriguez in this episode of the Angler Spotlight. Fabian, we've got lots of fantasy fishing fans here at Bass Edge. Let's get to know some more of your fishing techniques and strengths. What venues do you think we should see you at the top of that leaderboard in 2016? Well, Kurt, as you know, I'm a tidal river fisherman. And, that's um, right. That's, that's right. We we didn't grow up too far from one another. That's exactly right. Virginia and Maryland, neighboring places, and uh, you were more of the Upper Bay guy, and I was hung out down there at the Potomac River, but certainly love to hear about some of this river action. I Kurt, love Kurt's that. always been kind of a south side guy, you know, and he has the tattoos to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have to get out some time and compare notes, but uh, yeah, I grew up here in Ocean City, and we have some neighbors tributaries like the Nanticoke River, Pocomoke River, not so much the Upper Bay because those kind of places for me were kind of you know, two and a half, three hours away. Like the Potomac, it's about three and a half, four hours away. So I didn't get to fish it as often as most people think. You know, being a river fisherman, I'd say that my strong suits are going to be fishing the Potomac, fishing Winyaw Bay. I've never been to. St. John's, I've been to once back in 99 when I first tried out one of the um, BESS Opens back in 99. That's the only time I've been there. 
My strong suits are obviously, you know, fishing the tide, uh, running that tide, just seeing how that's going to play out. I see the Cayugas on the list, and I kind of feel good about fishing the upper northern lakes. For some reason, I do well up there. Well, when you talk about tidal fishing and your strengths there, can you just quickly elaborate a little bit on why that you're good at fishing the tide and the keys to being a successful tidal fisherman? To be a successful fisherman, I think one of the strongest suits you need to have is to have an open mind. Because even on, you know, when you're used to fishing the lake or you're used to fishing the tidal river things change the fish change their attitudes change and you got to kind of pick up on those little subtleties i think being open-minded is one of my strengths and allows me to be versatile if you're asking me what my favorite bait for bite is I'd have to say it's top water fishing. I love seeing that explosion. I love seeing the reaction of the fish. You can kind of tell, you know, a little more what their attitude is. But uh, I love using my southern lure scum frog. That's one of the baits that I find a lot of fish with when the warmer temperatures are out. When it's cooler, I go to a big mouth lures jig. And those are probably my two strongest baits that I use. It tells me a lot about the fish, you know, whether you need to swim it, whether you need to just let it sit, moving it fast or slow. I like a reaction strike. That's kind of my forte. Well, certainly that versatility is a common theme amongst all anglers that we interview here on Bass Edge. One of the other things that we saw was in a recent Bassmaster.com article, you mentioned one of your fortes is the development of patience over the years. If you will, break down that thought a little deeper. What did you find was really more or less hindering you in the past that has really now changed and how you've been able to implement patience into your fishing game to really kind of take your success to a new level? Well, the grassroots dream is, you know, like you said earlier, you know, was being able to go out and compete and then get to that top level. Everyone has that dream to do that. And the way I did it, I mean, like I said, it took 20 years, 22 years for me to get to this point. And I think that expresses a lot of patience there. Going step by step, doing what I can. My learning curve was slow because of work, because of everything else that was in my life at the time. You know, that kind of patience goes a long ways. Even when you're on the water, kind of patience, you know, waiting on the fish to bite. Sometimes they have a timing. You know, besides the early morning and late afternoon bite, during the day you'll get that lunar phase or you'll get something that triggers those fish to bite at a certain time, waiting on them, not leaving them, you know. Then the other type of patience is like I had at the Wachita River. I expressed going through 10,000 stumps to get in there. And I wasn't kidding. I, I'd never done, you know, I like shallow water fishing, but to push the boat the way I did, you know. Shallow to a whole new level over there, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I knew I fished shallow, but, you know, to have shallow and to have so many obstacles in the way. And then being able to learn how to read the boat. And by that, I mean, you know, you're coming up on a stump because your water's all muddy. You don't get to see it, but you feel it on the boat. And so is it on the first third of the boat? Is it halfway through the boat? Do I need to back off and go around? Do I need to push it through with a big motor, sometimes push polling. It, it took some doing and a lot of exercise with patience, that's for sure. Awesome stuff right there. Well, you know, staying sharp sometimes, because I used to have this issue coming from kind of that northeast area. I mean, I lived in Virginia. Although at the coast, you know, it's a little bit warmer for us out there on the east side. Once you get inland, it's colder, but it can be tough simply because it gets pretty cold in the winter to stay on the water and really stay sharp. How do you plan on staying sharp just prior to the classic and kicking off this uh, rookie campaign well like you said it's going to get colder i'll be able to skip baits on hard water pretty good especially with the <laughs> ice on top you know 
<laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So, but uh, right now, for me, it's all about the sponsors, um, and, and it's on both sides of it. Hopping the ones that I've got now and trying to get a few more to jump on board. I mean, this is a you know newfound journey for me that the financial support of it is big, but I'm not relying on it. I'm doing what I can to ease the pain a little bit. But um, you know, being a rookie on tour is just going to be a huge learning curve. And I'm getting the boat ready. I'm getting my tackle organized. I'm preparing things. Just set up my power poles on the boat. Lorance is sending me the package to put on the boat as well. You know, that kind of support goes a long ways. Knowing that you've got the new equipment, it's not going to break down on you. And uh, like the mini motor, I put that thing through heck. And I'm telling you, I think it's tougher than nails. I've been through some tough stuff before. I stumped here or there, but what I went through in Louisiana was pretty amazing. So right now, I'm just getting everything ready here and there, and I should be able to get a boat wrap in the next couple of weeks and ready to take on the classic. It sounds awesome. like you're uh, focusing on the things that you can control, which is uh, tremendous on the mental side because worrying about other things is probably, quite honestly, futile. Hey, you'd mentioned a little bit earlier as far as the jig and the scum frog for the tidal system. Are there other techniques that you like to hone in? on the river systems and that that you find are either some of your favorite or some, quite frankly, that are just flat out productive? Baits wise, yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, I'm pretty versatile. You know, I don't just use a jig and a frog. I'm using spinner baits, buzz baits, you know, crank baits. I love throwing all kinds of baits out there and I try to read the fish and where you're fishing. Reaction strike is probably what I more focus on than the actual bait. The bait tells me how the fish hits. The bait just kind of tells me what they want or don't want. I could be catching them on a worm or I could be catching them on a crankbait. And you can tell when the fish hits it, you know, if he slams into it or he just all of a sudden loads up, whether he's really after it or not. So I really focused more on, on what the fish are telling me. Crankbaiting was probably one of the ways I cut my teeth on the Pokemon River. I mean, I used to use a man's 15 plus and sit there and I would make up my own maps. I could read the bottom of the contour, you know, and make my own maps of the areas when I first started years ago. I watched the Bassmaster episode on TV one day before I went to work the following. Day. And I stopped in the local store and bought my first rod, a uh, little Zebgo push button, and bought a rattle trap. And I think uh, about the third cast, I got a three and a half pound largemouth, and I was hooked more than that fish ever was. I, mean, <laughs> I, awesome. I became a member within a week, and I think a month later, I bought the life membership. <laughs> That's outstanding. So the interesting little thing that came out right there is you were talking about a man's 15 plus. Do you do a lot of deep fishing on rivers? I mean, generally, I think the thought process is it's a lot of shallow water techniques. You know, uh, river systems, you know, fish live in zero to five. Talk a little bit about some deep cranking on rivers and what you're looking for to exploit the deep bite on a river system. Well, I was trying to learn what the river contour was like. If it was a hard bottom, the deep diving crankbaits would bounce off of mud or they bounced off of logs. I mean, obviously, I lost quite a few of them in the process, but you learn a lot by feeling the end of your line. Using fluorocarbon line, you can really feel the bottom well. And with a deep diamond crankbait, you can actually tell when you're hitting mud or you're hitting a piece of wood versus hitting a rock, you know, or a gravel bottom. And um, reading those contours, those little drops, you know, before the depth finders got so great, a lot of your reading was actually with the casting. You know, you had to feel everything through. You know, you get to the point where you're bringing in a fish and you can feel that one of the hooks came off of them. You know, obviously, that tightens the situation at the time. But, <laughs> yeah, you bet. But that's kind of how I learned, you know, uh, going to the smoke and just kind of dragging a, uh, a crankbait on the bottom and, and feeling the bottom and, and letting it tell me what's down there. Very cool. That's a great approach. Hey, it's time to roll out this episode's O'Reilly Auto Parts listener question. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. Fabian, this question was sent in from Michael Silva and uh, maybe right down your alley as a Northeast guy. Michael asks, I've got a question 
question every angler is thinking about this time of year. What is the best way to stay warm when fishing in the winter? Well, Mike, that is a good question. And that's probably actually part of my preparations this time of year for the rest of the year. You know, we deal with cold, we deal with heat, and we deal with the rain. Those are the three things that we have to dress appropriate for. And uh, there's great companies out there like Sims and Huck and Ranger Wear. You know, all those companies have the gear that you need to, you know, stay warm in the Northeast this time of year. You know, that's kind of what I do, just get ready this time of year for it. Well, and, uh, you know, the only thing that I would add there, Fabian, and feel free to jump in too, Kurt, is, is what I've found that over the course of, you know, being exposed to the elements, layers often goes a long ways. And, you know, often I didn't place a lot of emphasis on the quality of gear, but now what I've found, especially as I get older, is that a lot of that gear is worth the money, you know, getting into putting wool up against your skin so that it can actually wick away the moisture so that as the temperature is cold and if you get hot from casting and then you make a run and you run 70 miles an hour, you know, when it's 40 degrees outside, if you've worked up a sweat, man, you can get cold in a hurry. You know, those are going to be some of the things too that I've found as well as kind of what you said, Fabian, with, you know, making sure that you're protected from the sun and the heat and the hydration. Oh, definitely. I mean, you've got to be comfortable out there to keep your focus for the wintertime. That's probably the best thing to do is layer up and um, protect yourself. Tell you what, guys, I've had a lot of success with those little hot hands and hot feet deals, man. You can get them at Walmart or CVS or any local pharmacy or drugstore around the house and uh, putting those things in your pockets and being able to use those to keep your fingers warm because the extremities are the tough thing. You know, wearing hats or knit hats on your head and and wearing maybe an extra pair of socks is critical because those extremities are tough to uh, keep warm, especially once you start to get cold. And I think the big key for me is overdress. You can always take stuff off, but once you get cold, it's hard to regain that back while you're standing outside in the cold. So I think overdress and uh, get some of those hot hands and hot feet things, man. Those things are awesome. Right. And I'd like to just add the final thing I think that all three of us would agree on, especially really anytime, but especially in the cold water, make sure you have that PFD personal flotation device attached to you because it does not take very long at all should you lose your balance, fall in, and uh, get hypothermia as a result of that water. So great response. Good discussion, guys. Fabian, on uh, Michael's question. Hey, Michael, we uh, want you to send in your response to let us know that you heard your question answered right here on the show via support at BassEdge.com or certainly go to BassEdge website and just click the link through to claim your prize. We will be sure to get that O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card sent out to you ASAP. That's right. Right in Bass Edge Nation. Make sure you log on to that new website. We have a whole new section where you can continue submitting these questions for the O'Reilly Auto Parts gift cards. And of course, you can send those questions to support at BassEdge.com or leave us a comment on our Facebook page or Twitter handle. Well, Fabian, it certainly was a pleasure for your debut interview here on Bass Edge to have you here on the show. Any parting thoughts uh, before we let you go? Well, I'd like to thank you guys. The pleasure was mine. I'd like to tell all the uh, grassroots anglers, you know, never give up. I mean, just like says, you know, it's taken me 20 years to get here, and I really am uh, blessed to be able to represent all the grassroots guys. I'd like to thank my sponsors, too, if that's possible. You know, I couldn't have done it without the support from Mayor and Ranger, uh, Lorenz Electronics, Power Pole, Big Mouth Lures, St. Croix Rods, Southern Floor Scum Frog, Bass Nation, the Delaware Bass Nation, all my friends uh, back in Ocean City, Maryland. I've had a lot of support, and I've even had a lot of uh, Federation support. I've gotten 
texts and emails from across the country. And um, I'm going to do my best to represent everyone. Well, that's awesome, Fabian. I hope you have great luck. Sounds like you're off on a great start. Enjoy the experience. Most importantly, have fun out there. Certainly hope to see you at the top of the leaderboard. Bass Edge returns in a moment. Now you can order Bass Edge Season 3 on DVD. Own the best resource for tips and techniques in bass fishing as host Aaron Martin tackles lakes across the country with the industry's top pro anglers, including Denny Brower, Boyd Duckett, Randy Howell, and Dave Wolak. This two-disc set includes all 13 episodes. That's over 10 hours of Bass Edge, including interviews, bloopers, and highlights, all for just $19.95. Order online at BassEdge.com. And be sure to check out previously released DVDs like Bass Edge Seasons 1 and 2 and Electronics 101. Bass Edge, Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com. This is FLW Tour Angler, Zach Bird, and you're tuned into Bass Edge Radio. That was an interesting interview, Aaron. It was great having Fabian on the show. I sensed a slight bit of newness. You know, you could tell he's just kind of getting his feet wet. And I love having people on the show when they're kind of early in their process, because then we can really watch them grow here at Bass Edge. And and that's always a lot of fun. I think Fabian's going to have a wonderful year. Hopefully he just, you know, stays focused on having a good time. I think that's really going to be an advantageous position for him going into 2016. No doubt. And I I echo uh, your thoughts there. It's almost a sense of overwhelmment, and rightfully so. You've obviously been there, done that. So a lot of things, both financially, physically, mentally, and I think as long as he can keep control of the warfare that takes place between his ears, as Skeet Reese says, he'll be fine. Yeah, he's going to do awesome. Look forward to this year. You know, there's a couple lakes that he mentioned. He talked about being an expert in river systems. And, of course, you know, the easy ones to identify is the uh, Wina Bay down in South Carolina. Of course, the Potomac River. But let's face it, you got bull shoals. If the water stays high like it has been, you know, that's going to fish kind of like a river system. Then you toss in uh, Wheeler Lake. You know, that time of year, it's going to fish really shallow. It's on a TVA system. I mean, that is essentially a river system. So there's a lot of things that really going to lay into his place. They got another event at the end of the year way up north in Wisconsin that's on the Mississippi River. So you really look at what he likes to to do and uh, what his strengths are, this could be a great year for Fabian Rodriguez. Look forward to watching him on the BASS Elite Series. Yeah, no doubt. And as that season winds down, it's going to be interesting to see what part, if he's running to the upper ends or if he's staying down in the big water, but time will tell. And certainly, we are out of time as our episode winds down. For Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin and the rest of the Bass Edge crew. Thank you, the listener, being with us again here on Bass Edge Radio. We'll see you next time on March 1st for episode number 227. So long, everybody. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. The Edge is presented by KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. 
And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Mercury Marine, Lowrance, Power Pole, and Rapaholic.com.